In Luke chapter 16, Jesus tells, to me, one of the most interesting stories in the New Testament. He, these parables or stories that he tells, um, the person that he's drawing his examples off of in this particular story uh, is a thief and uh, mismanages funds, and yet Jesus is telling him as the one to, that you want to at least be aware of how he operates in life. And I just find that intriguing. I, I, you know, in my way of thinking, I'd be going, pick out the noblest person in society and use them as your illustration. And he didn't feel bound to do that. He just took the one he wanted. And, and uh, I, I just, there are times that I've looked at that, particularly in years past, and gone, what? What were you thinking? You know, why would you do that? But uh, nevertheless, the point that he was getting across was that this man who had been mismanaging funds, there's a day of accountability, and uh, he's told, you're going to have to give an account. And so he quick runs to the people that have received loans that he's been overseeing to cut them in half. And what he's doing is preparing so that when he gets fired, he can be welcomed into other people's homes. And uh, Jesus is going, prepare now and invest now so that you can be welcomed into an eternal home. So that's kind of the thought. And he, he does carry on uh, with that. And it says, the one who's faithful in very little is faithful in much. The one who's dishonest in very little will be dishonest in much. He says, use worldly wealth to, to benefit or your preparation for the eternal. And uh, I've, I've watched that and read it, and, and uh, it's just one of those intriguing passages to me. And yet the principle is very clear. It's like what we do today counts in regard to the future. What we invest in now has an impact on what's eternal. He does come across with this message again saying, you can't serve God in money. You've got to make your choice. You can't be just drawing to yourself, but you have to be willing to devote yourself to the Lord. Um, in that same chapter then, a little bit later, he goes on and tells another story. And this is the story of the rich man and Lazarus. And the idea of the story is that there was a poor man named Lazarus, a beggar, who was brought to the gate of this rich man every single day, and he's hoping for something to eat. And he's hoping for some kind of handout, but he doesn't have access into the house. And so he's, in, he's on the outside. The man that his house is at is, is very wealthy, says he's dressed in purple, which would be like royalty. He dines sumptuously every day. He, gets, he eats whatever he wants. And life kind of goes on, and then they both die. And it says in eternity, there's just the opposite of this. In fact, um, the rich man is shut out from the good things of God. He's, he's across a great chasm. So it's like Lazarus is at the gate. This guy isn't allowed in. And then Lazarus, it says, been brought to a place of honor where it's, in the Old Testament, it's referred to as Abraham's um, side or bosom. He says, it, 
they used to recline at mealtimes, and so a place of honor would be to be next to the person that's sponsoring the feast and to just, you know, it's like you get to have conversation with the, the head of all things. And so it says, like, Lazarus is right there with Abraham. And the picture is that Lazarus, although he had a, a miserable life, now is spending eternity at a place of honor. The other side of the picture is that the, uh, the rich man is now longing for water. It says he's in great torment, like Lazarus was in torment during the, his earthly life. There's just a complete flipping of positions. And when we look at that, there's an awareness that we have to be willing to invest now for what's eternal. Just like that first story, we make investment now toward what our future is going to be. Um, I, I was drawn to this particular story after looking at Babylon last week and realizing that the earmarks of that particular community were its arrogance, um, its wealth in, in, uh, in living in luxury, and then also its uh, importing of, of immorality. You know, I'm going, that's so close to what we live in and have participated in, and yet there's an awareness of God help us to live different even in a culture that lives this way. Help us to truly put ourselves into the things that count. In 1 Corinthians, Paul writes, when the perishable puts on the imperishable and the mortal puts on immortality, then shall come to pass the saying that is written, this is out of Hosea, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? But thanks be to God who gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So the declaration is made that through the, the salvation work of Jesus Christ, we have opportunity of happy anticipation of an eternity with him if we will live for him and accept his salvation. He goes on in that particular passage, it says, Therefore, beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. So again, looking at this picture, he's going, invest, invest, invest. Know that it's not wasted. I, uh, I, I chew on that, and then I'm going, it's important to remember who Paul was. He did not have a good start. You know, if anything, he, was, he dug a, a hole for himself, right? He's the guy that was persecuting the early church. It says uh, in Acts 26, when he's telling his story, he says, I'd lock up many of the saints. He had authority to put them in prison, and he did. Then he says, I was also voting to sentence them to death. So when it came time for the trial, he says, I was one of the hands raised saying, death to this believer. He says, I also went into the synagogues, and I would try to make them blaspheme the name of Christ. And so, you know, he's this aggressive assertiveness against the kingdom of God, and yet God saves him and draws him out. And so it's like, even though we may have started poorly, even though we may not have been investing the way that we should, 
Once we catch a glimpse of what is, we have this opportunity of turning around. That's why in Romans, I, uh, I'll let Reese get more later, but I'm going to steal a couple verses at least. This is Paul writing, and he says, Do not be conformed to this present world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so he's, he's acknowledging, even in himself, that what's happened is, is that he's turned and, and God is working something special in his heart and mind. That even as we come to the Lord, and it's not just a, an escape from disaster and an escape from hell, but rather each day there's this opportunity for transformation to be conformed to the image of Christ. Each day there's this opportunity to take a step forward in him to have our lives changed. You know, I, I, uh, I look regularly at things that I learned as a child, and I, and I look at things in connection with Shar's family because we're, we're, in, we're in it all the time, you know? And there are things that even now I look at and go, man, that's clung to me for a long time. Or man, that's attached itself to us, and we still haven't really transformed or been conformed to Christ in this area. And when I look at that, it's like, but I'm so grateful that I have opportunity to keep at this. I'm, op I'm grateful that he hasn't given up on me. I'm grateful that even though I see these things that I don't like, there's still time to change and be different. And there's this thing of saying, even though this is, was, is my heritage or what's been, I don't have to continue in that. I can allow Christ to change me. And if I can see it as an issue, then certainly there's an opportunity for God to speak in me in such a way that it changes. Half the battle's coming to awareness and accepting that this is the way it is, right? Half the battle is to, to say, yeah, that's me. And that was my folks. And that was my grandparents but it doesn't have to keep going on. This is tremendous, particularly for, for families with children, and, and you're going, yeah, I can see that I'm carrying some of these things that my folks had, but it doesn't have to stay. And so Paul, when he's writing and, and he's acknowledging, man, I lived a, a profane life compared to what God wanted. I lived an awful life putting others to death that, Really, I should have been listening to. And yet he's making this declaration, we can be transformed and have our minds renewed. What an awesome and amazing thing that is. You'll have to hear the rest of that from Reese on Wednesday. It's a great chapter. A great chapter. And I encourage you to read it. I want to read one other passage. And this is of investing in the future. In the book of Revelation, there's a, a, a scene where those that have uh, refused to accept the mark of the beast have been put to death. Those that, uh, you know, accepted are brought into eternal torment. And there's this declaration made. It says, I heard a voice from heaven say, write this. Blessed are the dead, those who die in the Lord from this moment on. Yes, says the Spirit so they can rest from their hard work because their deeds will follow them. In other words, it's not in vain. 
Every step forward that you take is not in vain. Every time you allow something to be transformed, it's not in vain. Every time you invest in the kingdom of God, it's not in vain. We have this eternal hope together. Lord, help us to keep that in mind always. Help us to continue in an awareness that you are a God who is just. You are a God who is merciful. And just as you have brought us into eternal life, there is a future hope for us throughout eternity. Help us to cling to that truth in all things. In this season, sometimes uh, there's when the rules are changing and there's this awareness of, I'm not sure where things are going, we still have this constant hope of what's ahead. It's a beautiful thing to hang on to. May your blessing rest on these, your people. May they know the fullness of favor that you intend for their lives. May they discover with joy what it is to have a constant hope of being united with you one day through eternity. I ask as each one goes into the community that you'll give them words of life to speak over others. I ask that you'll enable them to carry out the workings of your kingdom. Gift them with the supernatural. Be lifted up and exalted, our Lord, we pray. We love you this day. Amen.